How to design your own prosthesis and turn the project into a bonding experience. From civil wars, whistleblower tactics, schematic drafting, and the finer points of Sith adoption, the essential how-to guide for the engineering Jedi. By Jack Daw Cry. Read by Sam Gabriel. Based on the works of George Lucas. Content warnings available in description. Chapter 4 It Will Hurt You Darth Vader couldn't remember the last time he had been obligated to sit through an entire medical evaluation without ducking out because of an emergency at some point, or simply leaving, but as Kix prodded away at his various wounds and systems, he had to begrudgingly admit that the medic had expertly found a chink in his armor in which to stick a scalpel and twist the blade. I will tell the armorer. Growling irritably at his own moment of weakness, he turned the moment over and over in the privacy of his own heavily shielded mind in an attempt to figure out why, in that exact moment, he had ceded so easily to the medic's demands. Luke held no authority over him, nor did the child have any reason to care about whether or not he was fully operational, and yet something hissed in amusement as it curled around him. Wearily opening his eyes, he took in the ever-changing form of the dark, as it writhed around him, twisting into contented helixes and parabolas that reflected a false light into his eyes, and curling easily through the tethers. It pressed up and against and around his mind in languid pulses, and with some dread he allowed it in, knowing it was unavoidable when he was like this. Immediately it began projecting its message onto him. Desired for child, sleep or nebula to continue, remain perceiving you. It impressed upon him with the distinct undertone of mocking laughter and stars filtered through a haze of smoke. You as child, sleeper nebula perceives. You as more than you. He hated it when it told him the truth. He couldn't recall the last time he hadn't hated it. Truth. It sang into his mind with glee. Truth, knowledge unavoidable, real. Child, sleeper nebula is. You as perceived are not. Desired it not so. Cursed thing. Am. It agreed without compunction. Am, am, am. You made it so. You perceive what is not. You create what is not. Mirror equal yours, mine, truth. Perceive what is. What is is truth. Trapped truth. Trapped truth. Enough of this. He closed his eyes, focused on the Force, and brought his shields back up. It unfortunately managed to slip out before it got caught on the edge, with a parting shot into his mind as it went, hissing at the last sharp impression of what it perceived as the truth and dismissing it just as easily. Vader began following the tethers back to himself. Kix had been granted enough time to do as he pleased. He truly despised the necessity of this whole circus every time medical treatment became a true necessity for him, but with neither narcotics nor opioids of any stripe having any kind of effect on him, putting himself into deep meditation was the only solution to granting the medical personnel any kind of peace when working on him. Reflexes were something not even he could fully suppress, after all. Unfortunately, it meant leaving himself open to a much more direct connection with the dark. He sighed, putting the thoughts out of his mind and refocusing on guiding himself back along the tethers. It was what it was. The more he pulled himself along, the more the mundane, tedious sensations of a mortal body returned to his awareness, the heaviness of once more existing within reality, the sensation of air flowing in and out of his ruined lungs under the same steady rhythm that continued, regardless of anything, and the faraway sounds of someone cursing in Mandoa. And then the pain set in clenching his teeth against the burning, biting, blinding sensation of agony. He concentrated on the forced cycles of the respirator in a sheer mockery of breathing exercises. Unfortunately, in his state of existence, a mockery would have to do. Taking more time than he was entirely comfortable with, the pain faded to the background and reasserted its status as his equilibrium, his psyche once more used to the status quo. Opening his eyes, the world had regained its familiar blood-red tint, and with that, 
he knew all was once more in its proper place. Well, nearly. The excruciating sensation of someone tucking on his internal flesh and the continued cursing in Mandawa told him that Kicks and any other medic that might be involved hadn't had enough time to finish their tasks, and he resigned himself to staying still throughout another round of emergency surgery. The familiar feeling of biting liquid on said exposed internal flesh told him that at least he had woken up during the final stages of the operation. The current one, either way. If Bacta was already being internally applied before the flesh would be fused back together. Closing his eyes once more in an attempt to block out the world, he almost turned his attention back to the cycling of the respirator when something brushed up against the edges of his consciousness. Frowning in confusion, he cast out a pulse of dark to identify the intruder upon his suffering. Small, weak, but still shining. Luke. His mind snapped to full awareness in an instant as he felt the weakened, though strengthening, presence nodged up to him with all the grace of a dreaming cup. Clumsy and untrained, the child's subconscious was clearly aware of nothing more than the fact that it was attempting to seek out comfort and a familiar presence, and it found him by sheer coincidence. His heart dropped to his stomach before rocketing up into his throat as the painfully familiar force signature nearly nuzzled against him. Muzzy with a sense of deep and healing rest. Oh, Luke. Carefully. Oh, so carefully. And with all the gracelessness of someone as unpracticed as him in the art of offering comfort, he brought his own signature closer to that of Luke's. Allowing it to expand and curl around the child like a crate would around its hoard, projecting the unfamiliar sensations of safety, comfort, and warmth to the child's sleeping mind. The pain of the surgery faded away in its entirety as his entire awareness reoriented itself towards the minute candle flame of iridescent light that radiated peaceful contentment as it nestled deeper into the darkness of Vader's own signature. He stared at Luke in wonderment, his mind's eye taking in every last sliver of iridescent light that marked the child's signature so very, very bright against the backdrop of Vader's own void black one. The fledgling bond they shared floated around them in ribbons of silver starlight, and hummed with contentment as Luke's sleeping, unguarded mind allowed him to send impressions across it in a way he consciously never would be able to. Lowering his own shields just enough to hear the child, he nudged himself closer to the minuscule speck of light with as much care as he was able to. Warm came the quiet projection the little ball of light tucking itself even further into him. Sleepy. Huffing out a quiet laugh, Vader projected a sense of peace, quiet, rest, and agreement back to Luke. The minute spark trilling softly in contentment as he sunk even deeper into his sleep. That was likely the sign for him to back away and return his awareness to the operating table he was currently situated on, but... He sighed as he quietly brushed against Luke's gentle force signature. But truthfully, he didn't want to. Not when it would mean having to untangle himself from this. The quiet peace that was as foreign as it was welcome, simply basking in the presence of the one being who, inexplicably, seemed to welcome his presence for as long as it was allowed. Projecting a sense of reassurance and warmth towards Luke's signature as gently as he could, he reluctantly unwound himself from the slumbering child, letting the Force Presence slip through his grasp and into the wider, colder world once more. The wistful regret that welled up inside of him at the action was quashed down with ruthless efficiency, and he instead shifted his focus towards managing the returning presence of pain. Opening his eyes, he blinked as he took in the red film that once more colored his perception of the world, and was pleased to note that he only registered the brief, burning sting of the medical laser fusing his flesh together. Are you quite done yet, Kicks? He rasped out towards the unseen medic, observing the man in the force instead, his throat feeling rougher and drier than usual with all that had happened, and the hours of lack of activity for his physical being. Nedra, Kicks muttered. Conserve your energy, sir. You'll need it. Seeing as you pulled out of meditation again in the middle of surgery, keep the skin steady, Ellipse, he instructed his assistant, 
another vod. Though at least you went back under this time, he said, directing his attention back to Vader. I did not return to my meditation, he denied, highly aware of the small speck of light not far from him. Kix hummed thoughtfully as another series of rapid flashes of pain signified the addition of another line of fused stitches. Well, whatever it was, sir, he muttered, it was damn effective. If you could make it a habit in the future, we might have an easier time of it. Unlikely, he dismissed. The circumstances that facilitated it are not ones I wish to recreate. Pity, Kix grumbled mutinously, alongside another five flashes of pain. But somehow I'm not surprised. Refusing to dignify that statement with an answer, Vader instead focused on inspecting Kix's results, scanning his own body with a couple of pulses from the dark. The alterations quickly revealed themselves as he noted that his leg prostheses had been realigned with his femurs, and their attachment points refused with his flesh. Decent, he thought, as he noted down the adjustments. The other immediately obvious things that he could sense were that his prostheses had once more had several components replaced. Several tubes had been reconnected to their internal ports, and his voice box had been adjusted. Satisfactory, he concluded. Seven more stings of pain, and he heard Kix breathe a sigh of relief as he stepped back. All right, Ellipse, that's all of them, the medic said. Vader heard rustling and snapping as various disposable hygienic items, such as soft pads of medical gauze and cold mists of bactosprays, were applied where necessary with quick and precise movements. When at last the final tuck and snip signaled that the operation was well and truly over, the medic stepped away from the operating table. Sitting up with some subtle help from the dark, Vader tested the range of mobility in his freshly repaired body, turning to the medics when he deemed all to be well within operational parameters. Kix was tapping away at the terminal next to him when he glanced up at him, lips pert in displeasure, and the force flashing with disapproval as he pronounced his judgment. You're cleared, sir, Kix told him, reluctance obvious. Or as cleared as you can be, but those systems... Not this again. I have told you before, Kix, he rumbled out, irritation skirting along the edges of his tone. This is what is given and what is allowed. There will be nothing else. Kix gave him a long look before closing his eyes and nodding with a sigh, resignation humming low around him. Just try to take it easy, sir, he pleaded. A request they both knew he would only follow as long as it was convenient. The medic had long since given up on attempting to enforce bed rest. Still, the illusion was comforting in its familiarity. As you say, medic kicks, he agreed with the dip of his head, and offered the gesture again to the other clone medic that was present. And my gratitude to you as well, medic ellipse. The quiet clone simply nodded his head as he looked up from his own data pad. Keep safe, sir, was all he said before he turned back to his work, only the small blooming of satisfaction indicating that the man had registered his words. The usual interaction. He directed his attention back to Kix. Anything else I must be made aware of, Kix? The medic hummed low in his throat as he gave the screen a thoughtful look. Yes. Engineer Lars was given the necessary surgery to prepare him for full bacter immersion four hours ago, and has been in the tank ever since, Kix informed him. According to them, he's progressing along much faster and cleaner than expected, even according to their best estimates, and when the grade of Bacter was considered. At this rate... His session will be complete within the next six hours, when he makes a close to full recovery. A great wave of relief swept the drowning waters of concern out from under him. For all that he should find himself ashamed of such weakness, the news that Luke would not be left in a state like his own lifted too great a weight off his shoulders to bother. The child would be fine. Or as fine as one could be, considering... The wave rolled back in and crashed down hard, and with it, reality followed as well. And what of his arm? He inquired hollowly, his own arm aching in empathetic phantom pain at the mention, something which he suppressed with a dismissive pulse of the dark now was not the time. Kix looked up from his screen with a saddened face and sympathetic eyes, a quiet, understated grief radiating off of him. There is nothing to be done, sir, he informed him quietly. A follow-up surgery will have to be scheduled to... Install neural connection ports if that's what he wants. But otherwise, he trailed off, the force echoing his inner turmoil. 
He will simply have to learn to live with it. Vader finished the thought, resignation bitter in his throat. Kick shot him a look that perfectly echoed his own sentiment, but dipped his head in a reluctant nod. I'm sorry, sir, Kick sputtered quietly, but there is truly nothing else to be done. There never was, Vader thought bitterly. Regardless of who or what, there was never more that could be done. It was always too late for anything else. Too late for him, too late for her, too late for Luke. If it helps at all, sir, Kick said, quietly interrupting his train of thought. Thanks to the short time period between the injury and medical attention becoming available, they were able to save a good deal of tissue that would otherwise have been lost. He was able to keep his elbow and part of his forearm thanks to timely intervention. It didn't help, but at the very least it might somehow help Luke. Standing up from the operating table, he took stock of what would need to be done to the rest of his systems before he was once again fully operational. The majority of his suit was in tatters, either as the result of the rough treatment he had subjected it to or because of where the medics had cut into it to reach his organic parts. That would need to be replaced. His mantle as well, as you could guess it had been disposed of as a biohazard dude. Sir? He looked up and met Kix's eyes, the medic's mouth quirking up at the corner in the smallest of smiles. He's in back to tank four. Inclining his head in gratitude towards Kix, he quickly made his way to the adjacent room that held one of two hyperbaric chambers on the ship and replacements for his components and suit. Perhaps it would be seen as a frivolity to have a dedicated operating room and recovery ward for just one person, but with the frequency that his components needed replacing and his systems needed maintenance, well, it ironically made for an overall time and resource saving solution that wouldn't have him occupy the time and space needed for anyone else. Something which he had never been as grateful for as he was now, knowing that Luke had been able to receive treatment even while he had been incapacitated and in maintenance. Flaring out his senses within the Force, he ordered the hyperbaric chamber to open, to which it obliged with a hiss of hermetic seals releasing. The two halves separated like the maw of a grand beast, and he stepped through the teeth without hesitation. The halves closed, and with the locking of the seals and a rush of oxygenated air, he was once more in his own private sphere of silence. With practiced movements and liberal use of the dark, he sent the mechanisms to help with his systems and suit into motion. Robotic arms helped him replace the damaged remnants of his components with haste, stripping away the ruined armor and life support systems and exchanging them for new components. The process, familiar as it was, progressed at a smooth, if tedious, pace. By the time he fastened his mantle under his collar and had readied himself for the replacement of his helmet, he was thoroughly irate with the wearisome procedure that was keeping him from his intended destination. The mask and helmet clicked back in place with a hiss, and when he felt the needles of the neural connectors puncture his scalp with sharp pinpricks of pain once more, it was a relief to regain his hunt and see all gauges declare him once more fit for action. Unlocking the chamber with a careless wave, he hardly waited for the interlocking teeth of the sphere to separate far enough to squeeze through them. He had somewhere important to be. Stalking out of the room with long strides, Vader mentally mapped out his route to the Bacta chambers, Tank 4. With that number, it would have to be located in Bacta Chamber Aurak. Altering his routes to suit this new information, he swept through the halls of the medical wing, the dark billowing around him like ink dripped into water. It hissed and snarled and whimpered as it lashed around him like an injured wild animal, intangible without his guidance, but enough of a presence to make the medical personnel in the hallways press themselves flat to the walls in an attempt to evade his notice. The hallways were drenched in their fearful wariness, but he paid them no mind. They weren't important compared to... couldn't even hold a candle to who he was looking for. They couldn't even stand to look at him without fear shivering through them, while a young star possessed enough courage and kindness not only to bound up to him with all the fearlessness of someone who the world wouldn't, couldn't break, but to look at him with such warmth as well. The dark crooned in agreement as together they stalked through the long corridors lined with the doors, honing in on the candle flame that flickered through the haze of hundreds of thousands of other souls. He snarled at it within his mind, warning it off of Luke. It hardly mattered that it had acted utterly out of character around the child hours earlier. He knew the fickleness of its nature. He didn't trust it within arm's length of Luke. Unfortunately, he also didn't have a choice. 
It laughed at him in a voice that it couldn't make heard outside of those brief encounters in deep meditation, and Vader glared at the empty hallway in response before catching himself. Rolling his eyes, he shifted his focus away from the dark that was seeping into the cracks of his mind once more, and towards the ever-present guiding light at the edge of his awareness, bringing it to the forefront of his thoughts. Peace, warmth, and a restful stillness permeated a mind deeply asleep only occasionally interspersed with brief flashes of confusion as he clumsily reached and called out for a presence that was no longer with him. Like a blind and newborn pup searching for the warmth of its parent, Luke's signature fumbled around gracelessly, little pings of a questing search tapping against Vader's shields. And for all that the child was the utter antithesis of him, he let his shields down enough to welcome back the sole shining star against his own lightless night sky. His mouth twitched around the respirator in amusement as the force signature chirped with happiness, Luke nuzzling back into his own, ever-shifting signature. As the inky blackness of his deepest self obligingly shifted into something of a makeshift nest, the dark humming with contentment and a sense of right, even as he drew the little star out of its reach. Cradling the child closer to him, he sighed softly. There was no world in which he could truly delude himself into believing this would last. But in an unexpected and thoroughly loathsome result of the child's influence on him, he couldn't stop himself from hoping it would. Curling himself tightly around the softly humming form cradled within him, Vader set a quick pace for the rest of the ship to the Bacter chamber, needing to see the child in the flesh, needing to see he was all right. He swept through the halls of the medical wing like the specter so many believed him to be, and at last... The looming doors of the Bacta chamber dawned on him, emblazoned with an equally large auric. Reaching out with the dark, they hissed as the pneumatic lock disengaged and slid open. Stepping into the chamber beyond, he glanced around the room. Great tanks of Bacta lined the walkway of the room, holding a supply fit for the greatest warship the galaxy had ever known. Various grades of quality were present and being propagated within the bubbling vats, and striding quickly past all of them, he headed straight for the tank rooms, Luke's signature so close that he could almost swear he was looking at an actual star. Room one, room two, room three, room four. The door slid open with a hiss, and it was only distantly that he realized it was because he had reached out with the dark. None of that mattered once his eyes rested on the diminutive figure floating within the tank located in the room. Legs still awkward and ungainly from the recent surgery, he stumbled forward as if drawn into orbit, barely registering the doors sliding closed behind him, and before he knew it his mask was nearly pressed against the clear plastisteel of the tank without any recollection of how he had got there. He drank in the sight in front of him, scanning the child with a frantic fervor as he looked for any indication that might give him any better bearing on what the state of his well-being was. Paler than ever under the bright lights of the back-to-tank, Luke looked almost translucent within the bubbling liquid. Clad only in a loose pair of white briefs to protect his modesty, it was easy to take stock of any remaining injuries. Taking anxious note of the burn still littering Luke's skin, Vader was somewhat relieved to see that the skin was no longer a crackled, burnt black, but a color that he would estimate as a dark pink going by the shade of red his lenses covered the wound. Luke's chest rose and fell with rhythmic regularity the bacta around his nose swirling and spiraling as the child steadily breathed the highly oxygenated liquid in and out. IVs and tubes were taped along the sides of his body to prevent them from tangling as they floated freely in the tank, and his eyes fluttered in time with quiet pulses of awareness in the force that washed over Vader like a warm breeze. He soothed Luke's signature back down into a state of restful stillness, and watched in gratitude as the child's face went slack with sleep once more. Waking up during a Bacta immersion and feeling like he was drowning was the last thing he wished upon this little beacon of light. Reassured that Luke was once more in a deep state of unconsciousness, he swept his eyes over the injuries littering the small, so incredibly small, body, his eyes invariably drawn to the most grievous of them all, even as he wanted to pretend that it wasn't reality. But reality wouldn't be ignored and the thin layer of shiny skin stretched over the stump where the rest of the forearm should have been was enough to drive that point home. Somewhere between the throat and the vocoder, a pained whimper was lost, as his gaze fell onto the slowly healing wound that would never truly heal. Not really. Not when something like that was lost. Oh, Luke, 
he lamented quietly, already dreading the moment that the child would be woken up out of his anesthetized sleep. The shock of losing one's limb was never one that should have been Luke's to experience, especially not in a spaceship so far removed from all they knew as home and with only a pathetic monster to keep him company. Because no one else would dare go near while you were there, a little voice hissed. But he'd never not been selfish, and it was easily dismissed, with only minimal destruction of the pitiful remains of what passed for his soul. But there was nothing to be done, unless they wished to keep Luke in a permanent coma, ignorant of what had happened to him, and that mere thought was horrifying enough to make him physically flinch. The little star, still laying within a nest made of his heart, trilled softly in concern, Luke's face within the tank frowning minutely in synchronicity. And it took him a second to realize that the child was picking up on his discomfort even while unconscious. He soothed the minor distress with a silent nudge of reassurance, and didn't even have to feign a sense of contentment when Luke once more huddled down into his own hollow with Invader's traitor heart, and his face within the tank settled into a gentle rest. Lifting up a hand to rest it against the plastic of the tank, he resolved not to cause Luke any more distress than he would already have to experience in the immediate future, foreign though it may be for him to deliberately attempt to temper himself for another's benefit. Unfamiliar, perhaps, but as he once more opened his eyes to the Force and saw Luke's minute Force signature unfold itself in front of him in all its glory, he doubted it would be difficult. Not with his little guiding star right here in front of him. Shimmering in iridescent light like no amount of high-grade Bacter could ever hope to hold a candle to, Luke shone within the Force, like near-baseline sensitives so rarely did. Impossible child. He thought fondly as he smiled against the respirator, its edges cutting into the corners of his mouth. But the pain was so easily dismissed in favor of simply looking at this wondrous, baffling, utterly and probably impossible child. And yet, he was here. The little star cheeped softly at him, agreement riding along the note as the force carried it on. He allowed his eyes to slide shut as he hopped out a sound of amusement, his eyes wide open, and he knew they were looking with a fondness at the child that even Luke, as deeply asleep as he was, would be able to feel it. Sure enough, purring with contentment and reciprocated sentiment, Luke's signature nudged up closer against his. He sent a rumble of warmth and safety back, curling just a little tighter around the child's signature. He didn't know how long they spent like that, simply basking in each other's presence. Luke would sleepily send him muzzy thoughts of anything and everything that slipped across his mind. Warmth, fondness, affection, and simple, honest happiness over having his company. While he would send back his own as best he could, occasionally soothing the child back into the gentle embrace of sleep and keeping any worries far from his mind. He didn't know how long, because what did time matter in that moment? They simply were, and needed nothing more. Then the moment passed, and he felt the intrusion of another force signature on the edge of his awareness, dimmer and duller than the star still cradled in a nest of void and night, but bright enough to pull his attention away for a moment to see who dared approach. The dark rumbling and disquiet awakening from the uncharacteristic silence it had so far kept. Reaching out through the force towards the annoyance, he brushed against it, the pitiful shields rippling with his mere touch like cheap cellophane. Relenting before he actually tore a hole in them with his mere presence, he scrutinized the approaching intruder with a critical eye. They were approaching with purpose, so it wasn't some hapless crewmate wandering in at the most inopportune moment. Narrowing his eyes, he looked a bit closer. They had begun emanating a steady fear as soon as he had brushed against him. His presence strong enough that even baseline sensitives would be able to pick up on a shift, even if they wouldn't be able to explain it. But there was a determination and duty there as well, and a determination to... Medic, he concluded. Begrudgingly drawing his presence back into himself, he let them continue their approach without further hassle. Opening his eyes, he took in Luke as he was, ignoring the stumbling presence approaching behind him. The doors hissed open behind him, and he heard a breath catch alongside a spike of fear within the force, both muffled just as quickly as they resolutely pressed forward and a sense of determination reasserted itself within them. Interesting. My lord, 
came the expected greeting from behind him, as he turned around to face them. Medic Ruthgar, he acknowledged curtly as he greeted the short man, but he refrained from making any further comment, let him state his own business, something which the medic seemed reluctant to do, judging by their fidgeting with their data pad and generals shifting around, but they apparently found the resolve regardless. My lord, he began, I... It's time for Engineer Lars' examination. What? Already? He noted. Ruthgar fidgeted as he looked Fader in the eyes. Um, yes, my lord. It, it, it's been six hours. Six hours? Time really had slipped through his fingers with alarming speed if that was true. It hardly mattered, though. Then perform your examination, Medic Ruthgar, he rumbled lowly taking no initiative to remove himself from where he was situated. The man's eyes nervously jolted between him and his patient in the tank behind him, but as something hardened within his eyes, he nodded firmly. I will have to ask you to step back a bit, my lord. My colleagues are on their way here, and we will need to move freely around Engineer Lars and the tank. A reasonable request, if one he loathed to acquiesce to. He dismissed the impulse as obstructive to Luke's health, and obligingly stepped to the side as the medic took his place in front of Luke in his stead. He cast out a pulse of dark through the force, and indeed found that a group of people were warily making their way towards them, a cautious brush against their shields, revealing much the same as it had with Ruthgar. And he withdrew as the shields bucked dangerously under his touch, fear permeating the air even as he retreated. Keeping his eyes on the approaching medics, he turned his gaze back to where Ruthgar had climbed the stair to the platform surrounding the upper part of the tank. The med tech was occupying himself with tapping against various gauges and taking notes of their readings, flipping switches and pressing buttons where he deemed it necessary. A quick glance at the medic's mind revealed that he was utterly disregarding Vader's presence now, and had fully focused himself on his patient and task with a dedication that was singular. He withdrew from the medic's immediate presence, satisfied and instead resumed his self-assigned task of keeping Luke calm and asleep. It wouldn't do for him to wake up in the middle of his examination and fly into a panic. Back to immersion may be effective to the point of miracle work, but it was a horrifying experience to be awake and aware during the duration of it. Highly oxygenated liquid or not, the mind was not so easily reassured away from base instincts, and for any species not used to breathing liquids, the patient would experience the sensation of drowning the entire time they were in the immersion. Thus, often enough, the only ethical option was to keep the patient anesthetized for the whole duration of the treatment. It was little wonder that immersion was not in the cars for his own treatment, even if his master would authorize it, and he felt weaker just at the thought. Shaking off that thought when his morosity began to cause the little star to shift in disquiet, he once more focused on soothing him into a state of deep slumber. The other medics soon reached them and quickly joined Medic Ruthgar in his quiet mutterings after extending the customary respects to Vader, each taking up their own task as they began taking stock of Luke's condition. Within minutes, the regular exchange of information began to shift into incredulous sounds and hissed whispers as they exchanged information between them. The four shivered with their combined bewilderment and excitement, and after a couple of minutes of a flurry of too much activity for a routine medical examination, Vader carefully shifted his attention over from a Luke deeply asleep to the wide-awake medics. "'Is there cause for all this excitement?' he asked, words rumbling over the discreet commotion of the medics and easily drowning them out. Most of them flinched or startled at his words, and he would have almost thought they had forgotten he was present if not for the ambient haze of slight fear still present within the room, Thankfully, the medics were made of sterner stuff than the average crewmate of the lady, and they collected their composure quickly enough. "'I apologize, my lord,' Medic Ruthgar said with a somewhat nervous dip of his head as he stepped forward. "'It is simply that, well,' he hesitated as he glanced back for a split second at the child still floating within the tank, "'Engineer Lars is a most peculiar patient,' he finally confessed. "'That did not sound simple in the slightest. "'Peculiar in what way?' Medic Ruthgar, he rumbled, tone dangerously low. If they proved to be incompetent enough that they couldn't properly handle Luke's medical care, in the way that he reacts in completely unexpected fashion to nearly all medical substances he's been exposed to, my lord, the medic answered promptly, 
frowning as he looked at his data pad, unaware of Vader's train of thought. During surgery, he metabolized any aesthetic administered to him at unexpectedly high speeds, and we had to up the dosage far beyond what was normal for humans within his age range and weight class. Now, however, scans show that there is little to no remaining anesthetic within his system, and yet at the same time they show that Engineer Lars is still within a state of deep unconsciousness. No remaining anesthetic. Vader glanced over at where Luke was still floating within the tank, and idly soothed the little star with another pulse of warmth and reassurance. He had some idea of where those results likely came from. He waited for Ruthgar to continue his explanation, but the man had already once more sunken deep into the data displayed on the screen in front of him, muttering about various chemical compounds that Vader recognized from the experiments performed on him, when there was still some kind of hope for an effective anesthetic for him. For all that he seems to have finished what little explanation he was willing to give, his colleagues were far from finished. Seemingly emboldened by their colleague and unofficial spokesperson's success, another medic spoke up from where she was situated on top of the tank. "'He's right, my lord,' an elderly woman spoke up, whom he vaguely recognized as Medic Valent. "'I can't speak for the anesthetic. That is my colleague's department, but Engineer Lars has definitely shown that he has a pretty unusual metabolism.' She grinned wide as she tapped at one of the gauges in the machinery attached to the tank. Furthermore, Valen continued, his healing has accelerated during his immersion treatment to nearly unprecedented degrees. His injuries were multiple second and third degree burns over large swaths of his body, and yet, with only a ten-hour session, most of them have already healed over the guidance grafts to the point that they'll only need a topical application of Bacta to complete the process, she finished. A fascinated gleam within her eyes that had Vader make a mental note to keep a close eye on her. He wouldn't have her harassing Luke for answers the child might not even be able to give. His residual limb has also been showing signs of rapid healing uncommon after a typical traumatic transradial amputation. Another younger woman chimed in as she circled the tank Luke was situated in, pale eyes focused solely on the stump Vader had so far mostly avoided looking at, their pallor enhanced by the pale medical gray of her headscarf. He didn't recall ever seeing her before, but made a note to find out soon. If these people were to be Luke's medical team for the foreseeable future, he would require all the information he could gather on them. Completely oblivious to his thought process, the young medic remained focused on the child's stump and hardly even glanced at him while giving her own report. The muscle tissue looks to have taken extraordinarily well to the procedure, and if my eyes aren't lying to me, will likely also be stable enough for a second surgery to insert neural connectors sometime soon, depending on his choice of prosthesis, she added. Ruthgar looked up from his data pad and sighed as he nodded in agreement with his colleagues and pulled a hand through his hair. All in all, my lord, it's a pretty unusual situation, with an equally unusual patient, he finished. Hmm. I believe I can explain at least one of those phenomena, Medic Ruthgar, he offered before he could think any better of it. His master would likely express his utter displeasure with him if he ever found out that he had divulged any information about the Force to mere baseline sensitives, and his skin already began twitching with remembered pain, his nerves weakening as the dark hissed. But if it could aid them in their treatment of Luke, so be it. Ruthgar, for his part, immediately stopped looking at his data pad as his eyes snapped up to Vader, his mind visibly latching on to the possibility of an explanation within the Force. You do, my lord. How much do you understand of the Force, Medic Ruthgar? He asked as he crossed his arms, letting his full presence spread throughout the room in a manner that he knew not even a baseline sensitive would be able to ignore. The other medics froze at their stations, and for a moment no one in the room but he and Luke seemed even to breathe. I... Ruthgar swallowed as he tried to keep his gaze level with that of Vader's, but ended up averting it somewhere to the side. I know little to nothing, my lord, he admitted, the force bringing with the truth. But how does it tie into- I am the one who has been keeping Engineer Lars in a state of sedation, he interrupted to the blabbering medic, the man flinching at the sudden sound. Your reports on his metabolic rates correspond with his mind repeatedly drifting back into consciousness, which resulted in a need to bring him back to sleep. He looked over at the tank where Luke's face was once more pulled into a minor frown, the little star stirring briefly before allowing himself to be pacified back into a deep sleep. Even now I am keeping his consciousness from awaking prematurely, he informed the medic, allowing his own signature to curl just a little tighter around the drowsily chirruping beacon of light, while the man's gaze switched back and forth between him and Luke, wide-eyed and gawking. 
Hrothgar opened his mouth once, twice, thrice, before seemingly realizing that he had yet to produce a sound. I... I see, my lord, he stammered out. And... Engineer Lars is in no kind of distress? The mere insinuation that he would ever place Luke under any kind of suffering was an insult in and of itself, but one he could, unfortunately, empathize with. He was as far from anyone's idea of a proper healer as Tatooine was from the core. He is not, he informed the medic curtly. Ruthgar nodded absently as he looked at the child still floating in the tank. I see, he murmured. A contemplative look on his face as he quickly glanced between his data pad and Luke. For a moment, nothing could be heard in the room but the bubbling of the Bacta, the whirring of the machines, the cycling of his respirator. Then Valen spoke up. He'll need to stay under if we're going to get him out of this stuff, Chloe, she reminded Ruthgar quietly. At least until after the transition back to air breathing is complete. Or he might just go into shock. I know, I know, Ruthgar replied pensively, still looking at his data pad. But, tired of their inane chatter that was progressing exactly nothing, Vader chose that moment to speak up. If it is a matter of time, that is your concern, he interrupted lowly. The room at large performing their near-customary flinch at his voice again. Then it is a non-issue. I can keep Engineer Lars sedated for as long as necessary. Rothko's head swiveled around to face him, eyes wide. Really? You're sure, my lord? Yes, he cut in flatly. Proceed as you must. I will ensure the engineer continues his slumber. And with that, he turned away from the medic, angling his body fully towards Luke. A beat of silence reigned, abruptly underscored by a sharp clap as Valent brought her hands together. All right, people, you heard his lordship. Ruthka, I completed my examination, the bones are looking good, and aside from some residual sensitivity, they shouldn't trouble him. He's ready to transfer in my books. How about you, Pelly? she asked, question directed to the younger medic. The stump looks like it won't need any further full immersion treatments to complete the healing process, she answered promptly, squinting her eyes at the limbing question. I would advise the continued use of back to patches for the next few days, just to be sure, but continued immersion would just be overkill. She looked up to the others and nodded. He's ready to be taken out. Rathgar sighed and closed his eyes. And it seems my role has been rendered rather obsolete in this moment, he muttered with a wry smile. All agreed to call the rest of the team to get Engineer Lars out of the tank, then. Just call the team, Chloe, Vivint said with a roll of her eyes. Ruthgar shot her a glance, but dutifully placed the call. Arrangements were made over the calm, but Vader ignored them in favor of directing his focus back to Luke. Luke, still so pale under the bright lights of the tank, looked smaller than he ever had. His heart clenched painfully when his gaze landed on the reminder that this child would live the rest of his life without a limb that should have still been there. Luke's signature shifted against his own, the chirruping pitching into cheeping as sparks of concern welled up inside of his little star and pinged against his own signature. Abruptly letting go of his previous thought, he occupied himself with soothing down the ruffled feathers of light into a smooth mother-of-pearl sheen once more. The force outside of their bubble of privacy lit up with the arrival of the rest of the medic team, a group of humans and droids who all halted in the door nearly in perfect synchronicity once they laid eyes on him, but he ignored them all beyond the bare acknowledgments. As long as they did their jobs, he had no need to interact with them. Watching their activities with distant interest, he kept his attention on Luke. While the droids and two human men prepared the rigging to lift Luke out of the Bacta, the rest prepared a specialized stretcher riddled with equipment that would help the child expel the healing liquid from his lungs. Another thing for which it would be better for Luke to remain unconscious, he thought, as he stroked a tendril of dark along the little star's back, receiving contented sparks in return for his efforts. The stretcher was quickly hovered up to the upper platform and locked into place. The final preparations made before the medic seemed to come to an agreement that all was ready. The seal on the cover of the tank broke with a hiss as the buildup of oxygen and steam from the liquid within escaped into the wider room, the cover rolling to the side as two of the medics reached in for the supports holding Luke up, hooked into the sides of the tank. Once the rigging began to be pulled up, however, small blips of distress began to register with him, Luke's presence shifting more than ever before. It grew worse the more the support straps slung under his arms and around his waist pulled upwards, the soft but rigid fabric digging into the skin. That wouldn't do. Soothing down Luke's distress with calming pulses that urged him to resume his sleep, he carefully called in the dark, extending it to wrap all around Luke's physical body like he had directed his mantle to do not so very long ago. 
The dark obliged easily, humming in contentment as it enveloped Luke in a heavy embrace. Then slowly, ever so slowly, he directed it to begin lifting the child out of the tank, taking the weight off of the rigging. Startled sounds of surprise and alarm sounded from the medics atop the platform as the rigging went slack under the lack of weight, but the sounds abruptly silenced themselves once they realized Luke was not sinking back into the tank, but rising up to meet them. He could feel more than one disbelieving look being thrown his way as the medics one by one realized what was occurring as Luke floated out of the tank, back to sluicing off of him in viscous, dripping strands. Fortunately for him, their professionalism quickly overrode any bafflement at his actions they may have experienced, as they rapidly took to guiding Luke's floating with swift and precise hands. A notch here, a press there, he allowed them to direct the floating as needed, leveling out Luke horizontally above the hover stretcher while softly rumbling reassurances to the confused peeping of the little one still curled up in his heart's hollow. The dark crooned in tune with his own rumblings, winding around Luke's sluggish and confused mind with a gentle care he hadn't known was even something that came naturally to it. It wrapped around Luke's shivering form as the air began to cool down the warm liquid, and fire shot through the void of the dark, pulsing with warmth. Vader blinked at the unnatural and peculiar sight, but refused to question the good fortune that had led Luke to being shielded from the dark's usual cruelty. The shivering abated, and as he rumbled softly to the sleeping little star within the force, he lowered the child's body fully onto the stretcher, only unwinding his grip when the medics began to unhook the rigging around him. A soft burbling sound was groaned out into the room, and to both Vader's relief and alarm, Luke began to sluggishly spit up large mouthfuls of the viscous liquid in a horrifying sight that nonetheless meant that the child was healing something that he had to repeat to himself whenever Luke whimpered out a soft-sounding concert with another prickling of distress from his signature, more back to spilling over his lips and dribbling down the sides of his face as his chest heaved with the effort of expelling the thick liquid from his lungs. He attempted to soothe the child's distress while the medic sped into action, but his own anxiety became more difficult to suppress with every choking sound Luke coughed out. Various tubes were unwound with all due haste, and the attached machinery whirred to life with a loud, droning buzz as it began sucking the excess back to from Luke's mouth, the thin tube slowly easing down his throat and into his lungs. The distressed chirps from the little star heightened into whines, and Luke's signature began to noticeably shift and struggle under Vader's efforts to keep him subdued and asleep. Thankfully, the little one was hardly a match for himself, and he had to increase his presence by a touch to pin the little one down into a deep sleep with barely an effort. The demands of that action on the remnants of his tattered heart were another matter altogether, as Luke's signature managed one last squeak in protest before sinking back into full unconsciousness. He just hoped that the little star would allow himself to remain distracted with gentle plenitudes for a bit longer after this was through. Doubling down on his efforts of rumbling and nudging reassurances to the small beacon of iridescent light, he watched in frustrated helplessness as the medics fed one, two, three tubes into Luke's mouth. The machines they were attached to whirring loudly enough that they had to significantly raise their voices to be heard over them. Sickening gurgling and squelching sounds emanated from the stretcher, and everything dripped with excess bacta until even the medics themselves looked like they had just been pulled out of an immersion session themselves, a frantic haze in the force marking the urgency of this procedure. Thankfully, their skill and experience showed itself in their efficiency, and a weight fell off of his shoulder when, not long after Luke's breathing began to noticeably ease, the sounds from the stretcher were replaced with the rushing of air instead of the spilling of Bacta. The frantic air within the force eased, and the medic's movements lost their sharpness and abrupt nature, calming into something that set Vader's nerves less on end as they began running their scans to check the levels of fluid remaining in Luke's lungs. When at last the all-clear was given, the machines were shut off, and the tubes were extracted with quick, practiced movements. When the last tube slipped free from Luke's mouth, and the only remaining sound was a ragged but clear breathing pattern, Vader couldn't help the small sound that escaped him and was thankful that the vocoder didn't pick it up. Easing himself off of Luke's signature that he had kept pinned until now, he nearly sobbed in relief as his little star merely hummed in sleepy confusion that was easily placated by a nudge of warmth and affection. It was over. Thank the Force in the dark, it was over.
the little star, utterly unaware of the world around him, simply turned over in his nest of heartstrings and huddled down further into their shelter of void and darkness, once more purring contentedly with sleep and warmth. Affection and a warm, overwhelming feeling of something he dared not name washed over Vader, and he suppressed the ridiculous urge to laugh in relief as he wound tight around the little beacon, a mockery of an embrace that, nonetheless, had his little star squeaking with joy and muzzily pressing back. Beautiful, wondrous, impossible child. He was only shaken out of his wandering reverie with the snapping sound of fabric being rapidly unfurled, a medic shaking out a large towel and gently beginning to dab away at the Baptist still clinging to Luke's skin in a tacky film. Others began extracting various now-unseated tubes and IVs from Luke's body, peeling away the medical tape that kept them secured to the child's sides. Before long, the hover stretcher had come down from the platform and was being prepared for transport to the recovery ward. He strode over to the stretcher and ignored the slight flinches and wary looks cast his way by the medics. He would not leave Luke's side for a moment longer than necessary, not until the child was once more awake and alert enough to tell him to leave himself. A detached part of him registered one of the medics informing him of the remaining procedure ahead. Luke would be subjected to several scans, tests, and other examinations to complete their knowledge of his condition. A plan would be made on further treatment, and after a sonic shower and a change of clothes, he would likely be brought to the recovery ward for recuperation and the remainder of his treatment until cleared. There was a question, too, of whether he could keep Luke under until such a time that he would be transferred to the recovery ward, and when he gave a curt, confirmatory answer, they duly left him to his vigil at Luke's side while they prepared the stretcher for transport. Finally getting a good, unobstructed view of the child, he noticed that, even if the procedure had truly been for the better in healing Luke of his injuries, it also made him look utterly pitiable. Still completely soaked and backed it despite the medic's best efforts with the towel and shivering against the cold, the child looked like he had been in a fight with a Moradin and lost miserably. Wrapping the dark around the little star once more, he set pulses of warmth to alleviate the discomfort, jet swelling with gratification when the shivering slowly abated and Luke finally relaxed fully against the stretcher. It was only a temporary solution, but it would do until they could get the child into more suitable circumstances. For now, there were medical procedures that needed to be done, and somewhere, deep in the back of his mind, an idea of metal and mineral took hold in the shape of an arm, like it had so many times in a lifetime ago. There was work to be done, much of it, but for now, none of that mattered. For now, all that mattered was that Luke was safe and warm, and that a little star was chirping contentedly of affection and dreams within his heart. The text of this story is available on AO3. Theme music written by Jack Donkadai, Sputnik, and Sam Gabriel. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch with me using the contact information on my website, which is located at samgabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you will consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.